Welcome back to episode three, Travel Reimagined. Kristen and Crystal here. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. So good to be back with another episode. I know. I'm so proud of us. This is (laughs) episode three in a week's time. We are on fire. We are. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of tea to spill. We do. And so thank you for everyone that has subscribed and downloaded our episodes thus far. We so appreciate you. We are at just over 50 downloads and we don't, yeah, I mean, we're excited. Listen, we're new to this, so we don't know if that's um, super good or not, but we appreciate (laughs) all of you. I have a new mic today, so hopefully I'm a lot clearer because according to my mother, she was not giving us a review until I changed my mic. So (laughs) to anyone that thought that my audio sounded janky in the first two, I apologize. Hopefully it's better. (laughs) So Hopefully we'll have Phyllis as a guest on the podcast (laughs) very soon and her audio must be impeccable. Exactly, because now that she's given me that standard, she set the bar pretty high. So if she's Absolutely. listening. Tell us about the topics for today. What are, we, what are we spilling the tea on? Yeah, so today it's really about what's trending for travel in 2021 moving forward and really about how that travel process is going to look like for everyone. And that will include in-room, at-hotel airport, you know, what vendors and suppliers are doing and have implemented to build back that travel comfort and confidence when we move through this. And hopefully, I know we we were talking about this before that, you know, we're very optimistic that we are heading towards the end of the tunnel. We see the light. The first thing that I actually had seen this past week, and it came out in Travel Weekly, was the rise of in-room COVID testing as the hot hotel amenity for 2021. And basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept, right? And so basically, because they're saying, you know, if you're going to a destination now and you have to get that testing before your arrival, you know, what happens to the individual between that time? So for instance, Barbados, you have to get the test 72 hours. What happens between those three days that, you know, you've gotten the test until you travel, potentially be at risk to, you know, get the virus, et cetera. And so what hotels are implementing is basically an on-property testing. But basically when you check into the hotel, you can order the testing and it's a nasal swab. And if your insurance covers it, it's the same sort of, you know, situation as if you were to go to the hospital or to a walk-in clinic and you would get it within... 24 hours. And what this really does is it mitigates that time if you're going back to a state or a destination that you need a negative test to go into. So for example, New York, if you're traveling from California to New York, this could be really beneficial because you can have a negative COVID test in hand when you arrive to New York and potentially cut down your mandatory quarantine time when you get back there. Yeah. so So is it almost like a mini staycation before you go on vacation? Is that what it's sort of like I mean, getting at in terms of like you're isolating for those three days before you go then and get on the plane? I don't think so. I think that so from what I'm reading here, so the W South Beach, they're saying guests are able to schedule the test while they're there. So while they're having their experience, so say they want to go down to Florida for the week. Yeah. And they use this QR code that's available in their room. And they receive their results within 24 hours of taking the the nasal swab. And so 
I think it's number one, it's adding an element of security and safety for guests who maybe just want to feel safe. Like, look, I just, I was just on a plane. I was just at the airport. Yeah. And even though I have no symptoms, I just want to enjoy my time while I'm here and not have to worry about it or the possibility of infecting others. And also obviously helping you get to whatever your final destination is if you're going back to an area that requires negative test. I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea because when I traveled, you know, so I did, I traveled once over the summer to visit family and I stayed overnight at Universal in one of their Lowe's hotels. And I thought now they didn't have in-room testing at the time, but what they did have was once you entered into the building at any one of the entrances, there is a staff member there with a temperature check and they basically check your temperature and it's once every 24 hours and there's a different wristband that you get each day. And so you you basically cannot enter the hotel without getting your temperature checked. And you pretty much know that everyone within that building does is not running a fever. And that's also how you get into the parks, right? Because they're not allowing you to get go into the parks, Disney or Universal in Florida, without getting your temperature checked. And I thought it was great. I It actually made me feel a little bit safer. Everyone obviously had to wear masks the entire time in common areas. And also, once I got into the room, I noticed that do you know how sometimes by the TV or whatever, they have like a little guide or an in-room amenity? So all of the paper was pretty much removed from the room. You could text the front desk if you wanted room service, if you wanted fresh towels. It was basically all contactless. So there was no paper in the room and housekeeping was on demand. So they would not clean your room unless you asked for it. Specifically asked, yeah. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I think that moving forward, they'll definitely continue to maintain that, which I don't see a problem with. It actually, you know, if you know that you're, you have to go somewhere just safe for work and yeah. you're going for a short weekend, just to know that you're walking into the building, everyone's getting temp checked, the housekeeping isn't coming in and out of your room every day, and you also have the opportunity of taking a COVID test while you're there. I don't know. I think strategizing it as an amenity is a great thing because you're making it seem to the consumer that you're getting something extra and that's what always what everyone wants to feel like they're getting that unique one-to-one experience and at the same time it is a necessity and it takes a little bit about out of the stress out of the whole COVID testing process which can you know bring about quite a lot of anxiety and stress and oh, is it 72 hours and I have to go to this place and I'm getting exposed going to a hospital. So honestly, if that came like to my opportunities, I would without a doubt, without hesitation, take them up on that. I think that's a great, great amenity to be adding. Same, same. I mean, and and we even saw this too with, uh, you know, two of our hotels in Barbados that, you know, Barbados, you have to come into the destination with a negative test and then receive a second test within a five-day span of the first one being taken. And Port Ferdinand and St. Peter's Bay in Barbados, they are free of charge having a doctor come to the villa for the guests and perform that second test. And that's part of an included amenity that does not cost any extra. And I think it's brilliant because if it's something that's mandatory, number one, or if it's something that will potentially help the staff and guests feel safer, why not include it? Because Hotels and resorts are already implementing flexible cancellation policies. They're amending a lot of the things 
to fit the future traveler post pandemic. So why not include this? Yeah. And I think it shows, you know, hotels showing, you know, just being very aware of the situation and changing with the times and not just kind of waiting for things to go back to what it was, but adapting to a situation, sort of like making the best out of a bad situation type of thing. And I think a lot of this too, I mean, with the whole housekeeping thing and everything, this has actually brought our standards up to where they should be in terms of air travel, hotel travel. I mean, how many times did we see articles in travel trade publications about the housekeeping, not cleaning rooms in between guests or air, airlines horror not stories. cleaning the planes. I mean, <laughs> like horror stories of things that you would think to yourself, why is this even happening? And so I think if anything, what this has done is really gotten you know, your, your travel destination or the airlines up to the standard that they should have been. Absolutely. And I think with the airlines, it's such a big thing. And I can't tell you how many of my friends have now been traveling and, you know, they have their Lysol wipes um, ready to go to wipe down the seats. And they are so disgusted by what you get when you wipe off an airplane seat. I mean, you and I, we've been wiping down seats for years now. Ever. So it's, it's no surprise to us what comes off of those seats. But still, to this day, like people are still being surprised by that. And you're right. It, it's just a level and a standard that it really should be that it's just, it wasn't up to par with. Absolutely. And so, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the airlines too. So walking through what the experience will be like from booking process to the time you get there. And so when we say booking process, actually going forward and sourcing out where you're going to go and finding the information. And for anyone that's listening, that isn't a part of our travel advisor community, the value of the travel advisor has never been more important than it is now. We're actually going to dedicate, yeah, we're going to dedicate a whole episode. We'll have a guest on to sort of talk about that process and what it means to you as a traveler and how beneficial it is to you moving forward. But okay, so your, your booking process is done. Say you've gone through your advisor, you're good to go. You have your air tickets booked, your hotel, your transport, Chris, because you have recently been through the airport, uh, talk to us about what that looks like and how it could potentially change a little bit. Yeah. So I'll give two examples. Um, First of all, being Barbados, is that before you even go to the airport, to go into Barbados, you actually have to go online and fill out um, an electronic form just basic information like passport, where you're staying, and you actually have to upload your negative COVID test um, to this system before you even board the flight, um, which I think is a really great feature. You know, it doesn't, it's not time consuming whatsoever. It's very simply laid out. Anyone could do it. And what that does really is just, again, stops people who could be transmitting the virus from even getting on the plane, which is a very big thing because we know with the whole social spreading and all of that, that that's really what we want to avoid. Um, but in terms of going through the airport, it's masks from the very beginning. You know, they are mandatory on the majority, if not all of flights now, I do believe. And then getting off the plane before you even get into Barbados airport, you do have to be temperature checked and you have to hand sanitize before walking into the terminal. Um, then you get your band that says you come from a high risk, medium risk or low risk destination. The high-risk destinations do have to be transported by taxi, by certified taxi, which are 
following protocols to be dropped off at your hotel to get your to wait until you take the second test which is two days after arrival and like you said that would be a great time to just have it in your hotel especially free of charge as Port Ferdinand and St. Peter's Bay are doing but if you don't have that then again you have to get another taxi to take you to a polyclinic or to wherever you decide to get your second test done and then back straight to the hotel. Barbados has recently also implemented a mandatory stay-in-room order for the time that you are waiting for the negative second test results, as there was a bit of a problem with people breaking out of quarantine. Um, Crazy. But that's that's a story for another day. Um, there have been some crazy stories of people scaling buildings, climbing over walls, all to get out of quarantine, which I just think is absolutely ridiculous because you know what you're signing up for. There's no secretive, there's no secrets being spewed about the place in terms of the fact that you do have to stay in your room for two days. That's very publicly advertised. You know, they really are taking all the measures that need to be taken to protect the local people. And like you were mentioning before, the staff feeling safe um, in the hotels is a very, very big element. Something that I've noticed as well, which Barbados has not started as yet, but uh, my friend coming from London to here told me that at Heathrow, they're actually doing in-airport testing as well. So it just means you do have to get to the airport even earlier. What are your thoughts about getting a COVID test done at the airport before you get on the plane? I think it's brilliant. I mean, I think that if a destination is requiring it and you have the opportunity of getting it all done in one place, you know, why not? Like, let's look at travel, say pre 9-11 or, and I'm going back to when, you know, I was young and my mom was traveling. I remember there was no quote unquote TSA, you know, checkpoints. You could literally walk your loved one to the gate and- (laughs) wave them off. Yes. And I remember, you know, going with my dad and going right up to the gate and she would, you know, come out of the jet bridge and we would just walk her to get her luggage. And that was it. I mean, there was no, you know, minimum or maximum liquid requirements, none of that. And so we adapted as travelers because of things that happened in the world. And now TSA checkpoints and pre-check and all of that is a way of life. So I don't see how airlines having this testing on site is a bad thing outside of the fact that you will have to get there even earlier than probably you have in the past. And I mean, we can talk about, and we should actually do an episode of travel tips, you know, when you are going to the airport and and all of that. I am the type of person that I will always get there early regardless because I don't like to rush. I like to go and sit at the bar and have a drink and grab something to eat, get a couple of emails done, download some Netflix episodes. You know, there are benefits of getting there earlier, but like, you know, people like my husband, he would like to just go through TSA and walk right on the plane. He doesn't want to be waiting in the airport. He doesn't want to have any of that quote unquote Does waste that of time. Ever cause conflict when you guys are flying? Because I think that would actually be a really great episode because I'm more down the line being similar to your husband in terms of travel so we could give a perspective you know your side for those who like to get there super early and then more people who like don't (laughs) mind the rush and you know you take that you know you sort of like that little bit of anxiety like am I gonna make it am I not going to make it 
Oh, no. <laughs> Not me. Are you kidding me? So I we can have a, you know, something for everyone type of travel tips. Oh, totally. Let's, yeah, l- let's do it. Let's do it. But I do. I think that if there is going to be the testing implemented with airlines, then yes, you're going to have to get there early. And that's really, in my mind, the only negative that that would, would cause. And honestly, I think that you know, while the pandemic is still going on, even after the pandemic, okay, I, I still think that it should be an option. I still think that because the vaccine, it shouldn't have to be that everyone needs to be vaccinated in order to travel. I mean, you know me, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I am a person that would be deemed having allergic reactions to them. So that kind of puts me in a gray area where I would like other options. I don't mind getting tested four or five, six times and wearing a mask. You know, the whole vaccine thing might be an issue for me just because of health things. So I do like the fact that these things will be placed as an option for you as a traveler. And it just is peace of mind too, isn't it? I, mean, I think so. And the technology is becoming it? pretty amazing. I just logged on to like the Heathrow website, um, which is the hotel in London, sorry, the airport in London even. And to get a rapid test, it's saying that you can get results within 45 minutes. So it's not even to the extreme of having to get there super, super early, um, you know, an extra hour or so really in the grand scheme of things is not that different. And they're actually offering antibody testing as well as the full PCR testing all at the airport as well, which I think is really, really incredible options. And I think, you know, this is going to start to become like you said, the norm in a lot more of the airports. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know me, I've had so many tests done. Another one does not phase me whatsoever. I think actually it's protecting the people and whatever I can do to help protect the people from wherever I am traveling to. I feel like that's my responsibility as someone who is in the travel industry and just as someone who's taking the risk to travel during a pandemic anyway. You know, you have to be responsible and it's not just about yourself, but the people, the local people of wherever you're traveling to. Absolutely. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, guys, I mean, we don't know, this could not be a forever thing, right? This could just be a 2021 into 2022 thing while we build up some sort of a herd immunity to where we can eradicate this virus. You know, I just think that in the interim, it's a really great thing. And some of these things potentially could be adopted for future moving forward. I see no reason why they shouldn't do the temp check for hotel guests, especially if you're going for a meeting or a convention. I yeah. think that is key. If you have a couple hundred to a couple thousand people in one area, I mean, I'm just thinking about us to going to our beloved travel week in Vegas every year. There's over 6,000 people that attend that conference in Vegas. So you think about how that's going to look like for us. You know, if we were to do that in person again, I think temp checks are definitely a thing. I think housekeeping being on demand. So the way that it happened for me with the housekeeping was we literally, Michael and I were just there for two nights. We didn't have housekeeping come in the room at all. And all we needed to do was they actually give you these really big, clear plastic bags where you put your used towels, hand towels, all of that, and you just leave it outside the door and you text the front desk from your cell phone and say, I would just like fresh linens or whatever. And they come with a fresh bag, fresh linens inside it, and they leave it right outside your door. Yeah. 
And I think it's brilliant, especially as a business traveler. So how many times that we were in and out of cities, you know, staying at a hotel for one or two nights, you don't need or maybe don't want housekeeping. So now yeah. it's the option of not having to put that that D&D on the door, do not disturb. You can literally just be texting the front desk, uh, you, you know, for whatever amenity that you need. It goes into the whole contactless arrival. I think that that definitely is here to stay. Marriott was doing this, as I'm sure other hotel brands were, well before the pandemic where you had a keyless entry to your room. I had it. Loved it. Love on it. my Marriott app. I mean, honestly, absolute home run. And I think that more and more hotels should adopt this. And I know it's expensive, obviously, because it's it's a lot of technology installing. But, you know, it's just another way for you not to have another touch point and for the guest to feel that much safer when they arrive and for the staff as well, you know? Absolutely. Technology continues to rise as this pandemic goes forward. And I even suggested to you that one of our podcast topics should be this whole debate of whether this contactless technology, you know, filtering into our society, are we becoming too removed? Like at what point does it just become too much that we're losing the human interaction completely in travel? And is that something people will really miss? Yeah, I definitely think at some point, you know, that's what people are craving. And that's why travel is so important, right? Is personally experiencing something and being able to touch it and feel it and interact with it. And, uh, you know, I think that there are certain things that technology can give us, like the contactless check-in, check-out, or texting the front desk. I don't see how that is removing you, so to speak, from a human interaction that you might have, have missed. I mean, other than sitting down maybe with the concierge and hashing out what to do in an inner city or recommendations. I mean, you know, I think certain dining experiences or, you know, other destination experiences definitely would not benefit from a completely virtual interface or platform. Yeah. Just because, I mean, I, I just think about, so some Pancras in London you know, that hotel is right smack in King's Cross area, five minute walk from Coal Drops Yard. And they do this beautiful navigator tour where someone from concierge accompanies you and you can set this tour up in advance. It doesn't take long. And they walk you through the area. They talk about the history. They show you hot spots where to eat. They take you to Canopy Market, which is this beautiful outdoor marketplace, you know, where vendors have all of their food, drink, other kind of things. And I don't see how something like that could be virtual. You know, so I think it depends, right? It depends on what it is. I do. I do. And I'm a person who also likes that face-to-face experience. And I think that can be a real winner when you go to a destination, you know, you're welcomed by a friendly face, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think this minor adjustments such as like the keyless entry, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think those would ever be deal breakers for me in terms of losing a small piece of the human interaction that you get when you're traveling. Yeah. So yeah, key takeaways, I think for, and this is going to evolve, right? So we'll probably have this conversation many times more as we progress through the upcoming weeks and months, but and as definitely. the updates from different airports and hotels come out, we'll definitely update you and spill the tea on what everyone's doing. Yeah. And if anyone has personally experienced a different type of you know, technology-driven amenity or something that they're seeing hotels implement, 
let us know. Write to us, VIP at TravelTea.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Write with us there and we'll splash it up on our our IG storyline. Maybe we can do a, a short live one day. That might actually be fun. We can do a live of, of one of our podcasts. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you guys think about that? Let us know because people could actually interact with us in real time and ask us questions and we can answer them on the air. Yeah. Okay. We have to think of a really good topic for that one. Oh, absolutely. And it has to be something similar to, I know that this episode is, <laughs> is not as like spill tea as it was last week with the travel shaming, but maybe <laughs> we, we can do one, you know, similar. Yeah. In the coming weeks, we'll definitely plan it and keep you guys updated. Yeah. So thank you so much, everyone, for supporting us so far. Don't forget to subscribe and write us a review. The reviews are so important. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys.